1: welcome back to the lantern rouge cycling podcast a familiar site for og podcast fans or you probably can't tell given how well we produce this nowadays if you're listening just on podcast players but i'm back in australia benji's in europe well depending on how you categorize it and we are doing our team previews for 2024 starting alphabetically it won't continue that way alperson de kernic and yeah, it was their first year in World Tour in 2023. We're going to review their season, talk about their transfers, and then talk about what we expect for 2024. I guess Benji, we could also we can do World Tour win over unders because there is a fixed number of World Tour races in the season. One of our loyal listeners uh, told me that I think at the end of uh our previews last year i can't remember who exactly but we could do that and if we have someone maybe that could be something for luke he can todd up how many world tour races there actually are how many do
0: you reckon there are
1: including in stages
0: total, yeah i actually have no clue i'd say we've got 63, we've got 63. yeah plus plus five monuments plus about 10 other classics so we've got about 80 roughly in that with a with a bunch of one uh, one week races i'd say one
1: hundred thirty-two. I'm, I'm going one forty. I'm going one forty because I reckon you've underestimated. Like UAE has seven days, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And Swiss has eight. Open, yeah, has open eight, eight. So.
0: Oh, I'm gonna be I, off.
1: I'm one forty. Yeah. Bologna, so anyway, we'll just do it by year for Alpes and to Koenig. and yeah, we we're happy it's the off season, I guess. Any, I don't think there's any too much other housekeeping. Um, obviously, there's been no new news from the unfortunate GCN Plus uh, shuttering since we did that podcast. So we'll, if any news comes out, or as a reminder to people for next year, when it comes to January next year, we will let people know whatever is the best place to watch various yeah. races. Uh, but Hopefully, that situation improves over the next couple of months, but... Alberson DeKernick, how was their 2023 season Benji after they were prevented from scamming the wildcard <laughs> pro team system and had to be promoted for this year?
0: Well, it was still a choice to be promoted, so they chose it. That I, re-
1: I reckon they got a letter.
0: <laughs> saying,
1: <laughs> no, no, no.
0: <laughs> I gotta be honest, when you said five minutes ago that It had only been one year since they joined World Tour. My mind was like, "Oh yeah, that's true, Jesus!" Because this team was really successful in twenty twenty three, and yes, they were benefiting from the the wild card system in the second division, the Pro Tour division, the Pro Conti division in previous years. But still, seventeen World Tour wins of thirty five total victories, and those aren't random. Like through the Polonia stages, mostly those are actually like the big races. We starting off with Poel as one of the key figures. Roubaix, Sanremo, World Championships, if you consider that team related. If you don't, then just skip it. But next to him, we've got the likes of Jasper Philipsen, who was also very successful during the season. Four-stage at the Tour de France, Green Jersey, two-stage at Tireno, second at Roubaix, which is pretty good as well. And a stage at the, the Bingo Bongo Tour. And then Caden Groves, a stage at the Giro, three-stage at the Velta plus the Green Jersey and two stage at Catalonia, and then a last victory in World Tour for Kral Andersen and Eschborn Frankfurt. So that's four riders doing the World Tour wins. I don't necessarily mind that. I think that's still a solid spread. It could have been just Vanderpool or just Philipson, but it is four riders in total, and Kanan Groves has really stepped up as the the shadow leader. Is that a good term for it? As in the rider that takes Yeah, he's off- one of the top riders. He vacuums all the straight up. The slightly lower competition races? He's kind of what
1: Phillips to me, he's Phillipson no, that's not true. He's not Phillipson in twenty twenty one, but he's he's kind of Bauhaus Plus. He's what Bau, yeah. he's the Bauhaus of World Tour. So yeah. if Bauhaus could do what Bauhaus originally <laughs> did, but in World Tour races, then maybe that's a bit I mean, Caden Groves also I think there's some other races he could do well in that he didn't yep. do in terms of just he didn't really do too many classics. I'd like to see him do some of them next year. Although there's obviously when you have Phillips and Van der the best classic sprinter in the world, the best classics rider in the world, there's not so much space for Caden Groves to lead them. But you saw at Limburg, Volta Limburg, A.K. you know Luke's home race that. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually true, but he was super impressive. I watched that race because whenever an Australian's doing well, I have to watch. And yeah, he was unbelievable that day. But i got a, an interesting stat for you, Benji, that I just pulled up. Actually, an interesting question. Talking about depth and Caden Grove stepping up. Mm-hmm. Who is the fifth highest scorer in 2023 for De DeKernick? And how many UCI points did he score? Don't look at it. I can see your fingers moving. I'm don't you, don't you start typing like, I'm article?
0: The, I'm looking at the list of riders. And okay. I would. Kronos won one in Frankfurt. But I'm going to go with. actually don't know. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I'm going with. You have a guess. For, the safe bet would be Kronos. But I don't believe it's him because otherwise he wouldn't <laughs> be bringing this up. He's fourth, brother. <laughs> ah, <Yeah>, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who's fifth? Lionel Tamino with 420 points.
0: And he's leaving. Pilotto.
1: Is he? Yeah. So that just goes to show you, My point is this is an incredibly top heavy team, which is fine if the top guys perform, which three of them did Vanderpool, Groves, and Phillipson. If you look, for example, at another. Alberson are a mid-table UCI point team. I would say if you had to ta- if I had to take a team season across Trek, Bahrain, Groupama, and Ineos who are ahead of them in the UCI ranking, I would probably I not not just probably, I would take Alberson's season ahead of them because yeah. Alberson don't have the middling GC results scoring points and Vanderpool did doesn't race so much. So that is a flaw in the UCI system. But that that stat about Tamino really does illustrate how shallow they are. For example, Qu- uh, Quick-Step's fifth rider is Merlier with over 1,000 points. Uh, Bahrain's fifth rider is butrago with 1,500. Group Armour's is, Mart- is Gregoire with over 1,000. So if van der Poel, and they, they do hedge it across Grosven-Philipsen, mm-hmm. but for example, if van der Poel, God forbid, had an injury or sickness or something, they which happened in Eosel Bernal, you know they would not be looking so good um, but yeah, a lot of wins in all three grand tours, they are the new Quickstep Benji and maybe even that's who they are.
0: It's an interesting comparison because we always say that they're the new Quickstep, but I feel like Quickstep was more based on numerical advantage in the classics and I feel like the victories of Alperson in the pure Monuments and so forth, are supporting the one leader that steps up and delivers. Even though, at Roubaix yeah. they were there with a, with a solid numerical amount in that front group. Philipson was there and Vermeer's or Hermans,
1: Vermeer's, Philipson, Van der Poel was so, in that group.
0: I feel like that's a slight difference because back in the day with Quickstep, it was, oh, these four riders are in the group and you don't know who's actually going to end up winning the race. Well, with Alpes and I always feel like Van der Poel is going to be the guy that wins. But I also... But you tell me when Bonin
1: was good. I don't, I don't know what happened when, when Quickstep had Bonin crushing.
0: The Volder okay. won because Bonin was in the group behind a few times, if I recall correctly. Okay. But I agree with Bonin, it was more the he is the leader type. So it might be more related to that era of Quickstep than towards the Lampard-Osgrain...
2: Yeah, game. yeah.
1: What's your... If you're them... What's say you're
2: their sponsor. What would your highlight of their season have been? Ooh, I would say... Alperson's victories would be Sanremo and Roubaix, I'd say. I would take
1: Roubaix because of what you just said, where you have not just one guy, two guys... On three guys yeah. in the group for a long time. A one, two. And you go 1-2 against Well wow Van Aert. I know he had the puncture, but, you know, but too bad.
0: I feel like in Belgium, there was still an overwhelming feeling of, oh, Van Aert won because Van Aert had a puncture. And then the question is, does that hurt the sponsor's image a bit?
1: Nah, I reckon they'd be fine with it. Uh, I think so too but yeah <laughs> especially with the one too and yeah the world championships is the difficult one do you give the team yep. any credit obviously the team designs these guys race program around that as a big goal for the rider you know the team could have got him if they didn't do that riding other races winning those races um that weren't maybe the best idea for him in terms of doing well there but you know, maybe they send vulnerable he did he do bingo bongo? So uh,
0: I don't think he did. It was when we do it. for Philipson, if I recall. Oh was he a didn't do it. He did, I think.
1: Okay, because they obviously identified that probably as a better preparation for him. Uh so that's just something to bear in mind. I I do think world championships they have to get a bit of partial credit. Uh otherwise yep. it's yeah, I just that's what I think. But not not full credit, obviously. Um any so, yeah, as I said, top-heavy team. They've got the best sprinter in the world, best classics rider, and probably a, we gave them a top-five sprinter in Groves. They developed him. I would say, Benji, that riders like Sir and Krar disappointed perhaps a little bit. Quinton Herman's definitely, I think, disappointed. Yeah. Uh, Sinkledam, though, was good in the train. Conchi was fine. Robbie Hayes was uh, was pretty good in the train. They... Apart from outside of Groves and Crondis, and I think, are, oh, Herman's must have been a fair bit of money. Do you think? Yeah, I guess. What what, what would be the weaknesses of this team this year, or, or something that you would think they have in like a could have been better column?
0: Well, could have been better. I think it's hard to blame their entire classic season. They focused on the biggest races and delivered in the biggest races. Yes, they didn't necessarily deliver in the in the smaller one day classics, as in in the e3s of the world but i don't necessarily see that as a bad thing that you don't win the, the smaller classics and you win the big ones instead if i look at other things then maybe you could say Vanderpool at the tour de france outside of his lead outs but i find it hard to really fold Alpecin throughout the season because if you look at it in my opinion Alpecin is arguably nearly on par or on par or maybe a slight bit better depending on what your view of their budget is when it comes to their results versus their budget with Jumbo like this is an S tier year for Alpecin for me I don't think you can do better
1: well no it's not like they're like oh well it's a shame we didn't come top 3 in the Tour de France they net (laughs) they don't that's not a goal for the
0: what a failure come on not top 3 at the Tour
1: yeah, like they don't, <laughs> they haven't really developed any GC like Vine. They let go last yeah. off season because yeah. they obviously I don't know, like was that even a good idea for them? Because there was plenty of space, but you know, were he resigned? I don't, know. I don't know. So, but yeah, they don't have a big priority on on GC riders, and that's paid off for them. Whereas we've seen Quick Step have done the reverse. They're trying to turn the team around, focus it around Remco pool. Yeah. but. You're right, it's hard to imagine, like, okay, Van der Poel didn't do Gen or on the opening weekend um, and they didn't do that well there. That's where I say maybe Sir and Crow was a little, bit, uh, a little bit disappointing, but when it mattered most, in Flanders he was quite good and in San Remo I think he was pivotal.
0: He yeah, was like, important. I never expected Crow Anderson to be the rider that could actually deliver solo if he needed to. I expected him to bring Vanderpool to a bigger level by being there on the podium, or by being there where it matters. And I feel like in a few races, he was there in a few races. He wasn't, and it's kind of like 50, 50, but in the most important ones, he was there and Vanderpool got some help there.
1: Yeah. I think Quinton Herman's having t- less than 300 UCI points and that's across, yeah. you know, 72 race days. That's not, he wasn't injured for the whole year. You know, he had over a 1,000 last year in a weaker system with a a very, very strong Ardennes. Ardennes, uh, Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second in Liège, so, yeah.
0: About Ardennes, though, I feel like I kind of expected Hermanns to do a combination of Cobble Classics and Ardennes, but it was a full-on focus on the Ardennes, where he then didn't deliver. And I feel like it's kind of the Mauro Schmidt theory. I would rather see those two riders focus on a half-half than a full one side of the spectrum of the classics
1: yeah and to be honest he kind of just regressed to the rider he was before the 2022 season uh yep. this year like he he still was like okay you know in, in some races like uh 11th in brabant brabant Cipale. that's kind of what he was before the 2022 season so maybe that was just some random results in 2022 uh any anything really else to say benji about this season um not it's, really. It's a I very think... straight straightforward one for me. Yeah. Single focus, single success, and they just I think they're gonna look to do the same thing next year. They're
0: gonna try to do the same thing. I think it's gonna be difficult. Maybe the transfers will help. So let's dig into the transfers of the 2023 season, towards 2024, that is. And let's see who leaves first. And we've got the likes of Zbaragli and Mareshko leaving to Koratek. I don't think they'll miss them that is no. the Bond Robert Stannard. The Bond might be useful in races. They might lose that. I also don't remember what team he was going to. Was it Ash or... Aj-
1: Ajdezair, yeah.
0: Rob Stannard was provisionally suspended for a doping violation of four years ago, which I still... <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you see I want to say what's going on there? And no, he's... Because, because the Hessman one makes sense, right? In that yeah. the German police... Seem to be controlling that situation and it was yeah. the German federation so that seems to me like the UCI was never in control of that whereas with Stannard maybe it's in, from Australia or somewhere I don't know but like why isn't the UCI I don't know what's going on there there's been very little info about that but yeah let's just presume he's out for next year he might have been out of contract anyway
0: yeah I think he was out of contract and they'll just have that happen obviously Alexander Kudryv yeah. is going to Tudor, was part of the, the sprint train in previous years. Oldani's leaving to Cofidis. I feel like he's just going to replace Konsani at Cofidis, <laughs> and then uh, Lotto Wait, Destiny. Wait, where's Consani going? Uh, track? Am I stupid? Fucking Consani, hell, Consani. I think he's going to little track for two years.
1: Five foot seven lead hour riders. Maybe there's hope for me yet. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to call myself Patricio Browe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you had one leg, you'd still get a protein contract. It
1: says he's 165 centimeters. I'm not even that small. It says he's five, it says he's five foot four. What draft are, are you going to get behind you, man?
0: Are we height shaming <laughs> the wa- lead out rider?
1: <laughs> no wonder Lecoq can't win it when, he when he's behind Renard. I am <laughs> height shaming. <laughs> Bruh. No, that can't be right. He can't be 165 centimeters. I had to double check I wasn't on Kira Consolini's PCS.
2: <laughs> anyway. of so, you're
0: right. so, to Lotto Destiny. We mentioned that. A valuable. I actually point think these are big for the team. I think these are big. Really? Krieger. Krieger, Tamino,
1: and who else you say? Oldani. Yeah, he's less so much <laughs> in the train, but and Spiragli was in the train a fair bit, at least in 22, I seem to remember. Even he, him and Krieger were fighting. I remember the 2022 of to him and Krieger... No, I can't remember exactly, but he was, he was in the tour. He had the tour team uh, in 2022, sporadically. That's what I recall. Anyway, he went to the Giro this year. I think that's three lead-out riders that are pretty important for the for their results. I know they're not the biggest name, nor the biggest point scorers, uh, even though they're in their top 20, obviously, but maybe they're bringing better guys in, Benji, like, they are ultimately replaceable guys. Um, yeah. So, uh, do you think they are adding better guys? I, I think Mureshko and Co. You can let go, but I was surprised to see, um, to see Tamino and Krieger let go. Actually,
0: I honestly, I honestly feel like these are replaceable transfers. And also with the riders they are bringing in, it's not. They aren't bringing in the experienced riders. They're bringing in riders that could grow beyond what these riders were doing, and maybe might already reach the level of these riders in the first place at a portion of the race days. And let's go over them for a second. Axel Laurence, we know that name already. He was shockingly going to the dev team last year.
1: Yeah, after... Six World Tour teams were offering <laughs> 2 million euros a year, apparently, when BNB folded. And then he chose to go to the Alveson dev team. <laughs> Must be just... <laughs> wanted to <laughs> donate to their sponsors. <laughs> that was the funniest thing at the end of last year.
0: First-style sprinter won the World Championships U23, if I recall correctly. So, solid, hilly sprinter, I would say. Timo Killig which is the one and I'm young. interested about. Also young, yeah, of course. Like, oh, this whole list is young. Let's get that out of the yeah, way first. This whole young, list is yeah. young. Timo Killich, 24, but already performed well in pro races and got one class, one stage at the de Wallonie. At GP Dena, Fove at Nokerukur, the second at Antwerp Port Epic between two of his teammates. So, a bit of an and sandwich there. And then Henry Ulich. I actually go pretty way back with this guy. Yeah, uh, he's he's, cool. a, he's a combination between sprint run and a classics rider, but not yet at the level where he can do it solo. He, I feel like he might be a bit of a lead out in certain areas and might have some opportunities in the smaller classics at first and then grow beyond that. Was third at Henry Wivlheim U23, if I recall correctly. On a stage yep. at Baltic Chain Tour on Liberazione, I think a sprint last year in U23. This guy has a YouTube channel. Check it out. Cyclocross Portal. Yeah, uh, I think he had an interview with Axel Oranz on it recently, which was pretty fun to watch. But anyway, that aside, he, uh, he is also relatively talented. Luca Vergalito, that is the Zwift Academy guy, if I recall correctly, from two years ago. He, uh, won a so they're, stage they're upgrading in... him. Yeah, they're, uh, they're bringing him from the dev team to the Alpecin uh okay. team all these riders so far are Alperson team riders moving up which i i like that i like that you get your in-house talent and give them a chance on the top step if you feel like they're ready pergalito won a world per kilo test basically in obrösterreich grundfahrt and then the new transfers outside of their dev team come in stan van tricht from quickstep which he actually didn't have a terrible season i actually kind of forgot He's about decent. him throughout the season but second at edwardsdorthagelon second at tour of leuven Memorial Jeff Schenen's Leuven, because
1: these are these fucking chat GPT generated <laughs> names.
0: Lars <laughs> <Damn. laughs> <Lutz> Borben, which <laughs> wrote really well at the Super 8 classic. Yeah, yeah. Against, and Van der was there. Yeah, was a group with Vanderpool. Fullsang of all people, Florian Vermeers and Turkey. Really? Yeah. Jakob Fulsang was in that group. But hey, we all know that Fullsang can cobble back from the 2014 Tour de France. Oh, I know he could.
1: I know he could cobble. He's a good bike handler. I just didn't know he was a bike rider anymore.
0: <laughs> Yuri Holman from Movistar is the last in the list, and this is the one where I'm least bullish on. But he's also coming from Movistar as a flat yeah, slash exactly. cobble rider. So Lascano was able to do it.
1: Yeah, but Lascano kind of also speaks Spanish, so <laughs> uh, Holman True. might as well. But yeah, I think uh, if if any team was going to get the, I think they see something with Holman, and they're like, we could make a serviceable rider out of him, and maybe maybe Movistar wasn't the best spot, like with with guard as well. Um,
0: my first thought when looking at this list is that I feel like there's quite a bit of gravel riders in this. Yeah, you reckon Alperson could slightly twist towards also doing a gravel schedule in the future?
1: Well, I think they. Definitely the sponsors, Canyon, will be interested in their riders doing that and performing, and Vanderpool can't do all of those races, yeah. so you look at uh, Kierlich, is he a cyclocross guy? He I is. think he did
0: uh, Gravel. He is.
1: And he did, he did well in Denain, which is, you know, yeah. Gravel adjacent, Antwerp Port Epic, Gravel adjacent, so yeah. I'm sure he can do Gravel adjacent, fine, right? Roubaix cobbles. <laughs> Roubaix, Paris Rube, Gravel adjacent. Um... <laughs> I think, apart from maybe Krieger
2: mm.
1: and Tamino, who were mm-hmm. good lead outs, like Tamino, I think he did this year the... I oh, didn't do a Grand Tour. Anyway, I think they've got some lead outs there who we, we'll see slotted in performing, particularly Ulich, yeah. Boven, and Kielich. And I think, actually, when I'm thinking of what sort of guys are really good second-last men, it's actually guys who are performing in races that Rasmus Tiller and Van Poppel do well in, which is actually like a Denner. They're, you know, 75 kilos, quite big, good 30-second to 60-second absolute power. And so I think, um, yeah, and also he can sprint himself at a sort of 2.2 level. But it uh, gets over a hill, so I think Keelik is quite good. And Ulik is also, yeah, a classic C sprinter guy. Right now isn't looking like he's going to be sort of Phillipson level, but he can improve, and I think he'll be put on lead out duties yeah. like Robbie Hayes earlier on. So you're right. They, they've kind of restocked, and these guys, honestly, they're going to be on 45 grand, a lot of them, 50 grand. So what I'm seeing also, Benji, is they've really not... They probably saved money, right? Because Tudor are not paying Krieger 45 grand because he's not a Neo pro anymore, even if they are a pro-Conti team. Aldani's certainly not on 45 grand at Cofitus. Coratec might be even paying more than that for the Italians. AG2R will certainly be paying more than uh, De Bont's salary. That, I would assume, sorry, that AG2R are paying Debont much more than what Alperson are paying Stan van Tricht. Mm-hmm. I would assume... And I'm not sure Debont will be better than Van Trick next year. So I think they've done a fair good bit of business yeah. there and their scouting's good. And in terms of a team scouting these type of riders, this is what Alpsen does. It's their bread and butter.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. And when I looked at the riders that would be out of contract the year after, there's, there's quite a bit of riders from Philipsen to Kro Anderson to Groves to Sinklem and so forth. So maybe that's why they're saving money. Groves and Philipsen yeah. are out of contract.
1: Two of their biggest three of their top four riders are out yeah. of contract at the end of 24, so groves is not Groves is going to cost a lot more. Phillips and I don't know if they they might have already done his extension, but Phillipson will, will cost an absolute bomb because he's the best sprinter in the world that can also do classics, so yeah, and he scored at well, least score five thousand points this year. Four thousand. so yeah, he's going to cost over three million. no problem. Um, drives, like, I'm not sure.
0: The thing with sprinters is, I wouldn't pay 2 million for uh, a pure sprinter. But once they go above that and go beyond that and start delivering in classics and so forth, they just become so much more valuable.
1: Yeah. Most of his points probably aren't even from stage racing. They're probably from yeah. classics. So look at like his classics campaign apart from the dnfs he was first second or fourth his only fourth was dwarves of london and one shell de second roubaix first in Brugge de apana so yeah he's um he still can't make it didn't make it work at opening weekend but um yeah philipson very very valuable right and you've you're right they're probably trying to save money and also they've got some young guys they think they can develop so Virgolito, I am interested in to see how he goes, mm-hmm. whether he kicks on like Vine did, joining the World Tour team. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot of opportunity for him because they, they don't have um, a lot of GC riders or, or climbers uh, on the roster. Turkey. Is there. Tour of Turkey, yeah, Phillips and, going for, and him going for GC. Is there. I guess, is there anything I would have done differently with them? Not really, to be honest. I can't and really... it's also, yeah.
0: they keep building their deaf team as well because they also signed sent Ascensions for their deaf team, which is the Stepson of the legendary Belgian climber, Jelle van Endert. But that aside, he's a really talented Belgian youngster and he was pretty good at the juniors. So I reckon in the future, he will also be stepping up to World Tour if he continues that. So they, they also keep up the, the filling of their deaf team, which is kind of important if you keep signing half your deaf team every yeah. year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, they they probably haven't got the same top guys in that Lotto Destiny have. Lotto Destiny, like, have a very, very nice roster going into their uh, 2024 on their dev team. But in terms of top Belgians, St. has really, really good results. And they've got him uh, one year at U23 and then two years straight away into the World Tour team. So he already has a World Tour contract for yeah. 25 and 26, and that'll also be pretty well cost-controlled and they might get results immediately from him. He looks quite good. So, yeah, they're doing, doing pretty well. But the interesting thing is yes, as you forecasted, Benji, what happens when the chickens come home to roost? Do what? they. Well, the problem you have all the success, sort of moneyball style or whatever. You get good scouting, you get Groves, and then he outperforms his contract. But then do you pay him? or Philipson, do they have the money to pay all, you know, Craft, Philipson and all the guys in 2025? That's what I'll be interested to see. Maybe they've made that possible with some pretty limited um, expenditure in this in this transfer period, but being able to fill those missing lead-out riders. Anyway, that's all on their transfers, uh, Benji. Next year, what's, what's their focus? It's the same again. It's just rinse and repeat, right?
0: I think so as well. with MVP. What is the realistic aim for Alpesin is the question I ask. And I feel like if I look at that question, it's try and repeat 2023. Because winning Roubaix and MSR means you want two of the relatively valuable monuments. Roubaix is a big one, arguably the biggest one in my opinion. And then next to that, going to the Tour de France, winning four stages, going to the other Grand Tours, winning through four other stages plus the green jersey had two grand tours like good luck doing better with a team that only has the two focuses which is the classics and the sprints you can't expand when it comes to gc because Vergalito isn't going to show up and suddenly win the giro he might step up a tiny bit but it won't move the needle when it comes to the the image for the sponsor i reckon so i'm looking at the classics and the sprints again and dash is delivering the same thing again but it won't be easy to do that same exact thing I feel like. Do you feel like things went their way a bit during the Classic season as well with, let's say, you look at Jumbo, the puncture of Wout, even though it would still be hard to beat Philipson plus Van Der Poel in that situation. The other side of the coin you have Von Bala crashing out of the Classics relatively early and so forth like, does that help Alpecin in some shape or form or because on uh, MSR Vambala wouldn't have been able to change anything.
1: I'm not sure Yumbo really had too much bad luck in MSR. No. Uh, and then Flanders neither, but Vanderpool didn't win that, obviously. Yeah, but I guess you can say Roubaix was a big one. But that's one race, World Championships as well. Vanderpool just won that. Yeah. He even crashed fair and square. The sprints is in the tour is where I come in with that a little bit. Okay. I don't see that as. And me, like Vanderpool just straight up was the best in worlds and and was better than Van Aert and Flanders, Roubaix, we don't know, but maybe as well. But Philipson in the sprints, I'm not sure he can maintain that because I think a lot of top tier sprinters had a really shit year this year for various reasons or got unlucky. And I'll mention this you know, like Philipson crashed out, crashed Jakobsen in the tour. Jakobsen was quick up to that point. And then he crashed on the uh, the motor circuit and he wasn't the same. So a lot of things or or MVDP getting relegated but still helping Phillipson win that sprint. Or not getting relegated for closing Van Aert to the barriers. So we saw on Shamsalise, Phillipson is beatable. So I don't think the four or five stages, however many however many he won, is actually the most repeatable part. Vanderpool still being up there coming first or second roubaix i i expect to see that that again but on van benji you're you've been promoted or demoted depending on how you want to look at it <laughs> you're now you're now um christoph Rutoft, actually i should be christoph rudhoff we're like we have the same personality right um you're the other you're the you're the the friendly one um What's your season plan for Van der Poel in an Olympic year? Bearing in mind, Canyon pay you guys a lot of money, not just for him to ride a road bike.
0: I agree. That is the case. I think classics are obvious. So building up towards yep. the classics is, that's a clear one. A- MSR again? MSR again. I have no issue with that. Yep. When it comes to the Tour de France, I wouldn't let him do the entire Tour de France. I'd let him do 10 days, to be exact.
1: So no giro.
2: no giro Sorry, skip wrong. skip the tour. Altitude. For Vanderpool, I don't really care about Giro. True. I'd rather see him do first and ten days of the Tour stage. de
0: France. Help no, he Philipsen in sprints again. Plus, in addition, there's two stages that I recall in the in the first ten that I can see him compete for himself in as well. And then just try and build up towards the actual mountain bike road race combination. I don't know how easy that's going to be because I actually haven't seen the actual schedule of the Olympics, but he has to do both, right?
2: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems,
0: but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
1: we asked to do mountain bike and road race, and he's got world championships in Zurich, but that one's a little bit on the edge for him. That's not the same good course as this year. But you're right, it's how do they combine both having to do the mountain bike and the road race at the Olympics after the Tour de France. Combining it with the classic seasons, no problem. I expect to see him do exactly the same classic season as this year, where he starts the year quite late until he skips opening weekend. We don't see him in February. He does a few Italian races to tune up, and then, and then yep. bang. San Remo, E3, uh, Tour of Flanders, uh, Roubaix. That's that's worked very very well for him in the past two years, and then and that's the big question mark. Okay, you're adding Amstel I'm, then.
0: I'm saying you don't do the Giro, but you add Amstel.
1: Okay, <laughs> I think that's probably correct. I think that's probably correct if you're if you're not going to do the Giro, and I don't know exactly what's the best option. I think for the Olympics, I swear the best option would be to do the Giro for two weeks and then go to altitude, but. I don't think they can not send him to the tour. Yeah, that's the thing. Because, I mean, you could say, well, Philipson just won four stages. Vanderpool didn't win any stages at the tour this year. We don't need him to go to the tour. He should just do his Olympics prep. But, yeah, but I think I important. think that's too risky.
0: Even for the lead-out, I feel like he's important. Like, he does add to the Alperson lead-out at the Tour de France. It increases the chance of Philipson winning stage. And... I think there's five sprint stages in the first 10 days. So I think that's a good combination to do that. First 10 days, Tour de France, then Olympics. I don't know when it comes to training, how easy that will be to combine with altitude cams, but they can try and make it work. Come on.
1: Yeah, I agree that it should be compatible and there'll be a lot of guys doing the Olympics who will come out of the Tour de France, like I expect Pedersen to. And also, as you said, Benji, it's not just about him. He is essential, that X factor for Philipson's lead out. And if he's not there, I'm not sure. I, I No, I'm not. I am I am sure they will not <laughs> have the same success with the lead out with yep. Ricard as last man, down second last man, and someone else third last man. I think Vanderpool was incredibly important. But looking at the tour full, Vanderpool, Benji, this year there was the opening two stages. There was the Hayes Bell, where he just pulled up stumps from a group of 100 at the yeah. start, didn't contest that one. There was the Cote de Piquet where he was dropped, but I think sort of nah, he he really was uh, pretty far back in that one. But let's just say he wasn't in his best shape. The tour next year, saying he say he does do your ten day recommendation. There's the opening Classics weekend, you know, and if I actually think this opening stage. Is doable because the last climb is not as steep, yeah, and very is very regular compared to the Huesca The second stage is a San Luca, I think is tough. It's really close to the finish, and yeah. then there's also uh, looking through the obviously Eighth the gravel nine. stage.
0: Yeah, eight and nine are him. the ones where I feel like something's possible. Eight is also a hilly parcours where I feel like breakaway actually. Break with or Is it
1: stop great
0: enough to be philipson survivable Too difficult yeah, I to think control. Phil,
1: I, think, I think philipson can definitely survive and win this, but it's whether he can, if they get help from Trek, for example, then maybe they can make it happen but um yeah that's that one could go either way but of course stage nine is perfect for him, the gravel stage and yeah even. I don't know there's some other but that's the first ten days is he going to want to peak for some lead outs and a couple of stage win opportunities versus the Olympics? I'm not sure uh but it's definitely building his schedule next year will be will be difficult and then there's the kind of he does the Olympics peak, then there's nothing, and then there's world champs after the after the welt so how does he manage that? does he if he's only done ten days of the tour, do a bit of the Vuelta. What is do they do? Do they rinse and repeat Groves and Phillipsen schedule? Mm,
0: I kind of feel like it, because Philipson to the tour seems like an obvious one to me. And in addition to that, maybe Philipson would want to do an extra Grand Tour. But I also feel like. When I'm Philipson and I go to the Tour de France and I win four stage in the green jersey, I also feel like I deserve to be with my family for two Grand Tours in the year. So I would only want to do the Tour de France the next year. That's my personal I mean, view. <laughs> yeah,
1: could, I would have I probably done the Vuelta and skipped t- Turkey personally. But, uh-huh.
2: <laughs>
0: <True>. <laughs> but that being said, our, I feel like... Mathieu van der Poel doing the Vuelta as a build-up towards the world in the same way that he did with the Tour de France in 2023 is not impossible. That being said, I don't know how realistic that Zurich parkour is for him.
1: Yeah, I think that's the one where he's like, mm, I might have to have not the best preparation because I'm not going to be the favourite against Pogaccia anyway on that sort of parkour. Whereas the uh, the Paris Parkour should be really really good for him maybe he'll do yep. Europeans in, in good shape after it I don't know when those that race is okay but do you think okay so the classics team same again Kraa Anderson, Van der Philipson for the flatter ones Were I was surprised as you were Benji that Hermans uh, didn't do the Tour of Flanders uh, this year. He did Basque Country in between Duas Door and the Ardennes. I think that was a pretty strange way of they approached that. So maybe he'll do a different uh, prep in the classics or,
2: or schedule. Schmidt,
0: but worse in 2023. He did the same thing, right? Basque Country plus Ardennes? Did he? I think so. I feel like they did yeah. the same thing at Quick Step for Mauro Schmidt. And with both, I have the feeling that they should have just combined the classics and the Ardennes in. For 2024, I feel like the same. Because, like, what team does Alperson send to the classics? And that is Vanderpool, obviously, to the big classics. Kroh Andersen in support. Philipsen for, I'd say, Roubaix. Brugge de Panne. Scheldeprijs. Kerner Groves Road in 2023. Which, I kind of would like to see Philipsen as well.
1: He did both opening weekend races.
0: Because they were terrible, right? I think Phillips had a puncher yeah. in envelope in though on the mood. So that mm. matters. He should do envelope and Kurna again, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see Groves do them too, to be honest, because just they're good options and maybe Groves yeah. can improve as well. I mean, he came 14th in Kurna and that was Yumbo really opened that race with 85Ks to go. I'd like to see him do that. Uh, but probably Groves has to do TDU by law and. Unless he gets out of it, then he has to do the Giro. He did 11 stages. So I really think Grove should do the same as this year. Opening weekend, TDU, abandon the Giro after two weeks, maybe skip Suisse, and then uh, prepare for the Vuelta and Phillipson, I think will be much of the same. And I think that's probably what their sponsors want. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel, this team, like yeah. the tour we already mentioned briefly, but it's going to be a lead out. We think Van der should go as well I mean, around philipson Rickart, Sinkeldamme, Anderson, and maybe one of the young guys like Kielich or Stan van Tricht or I don't know if Dillier drops off a little bit. He's not so – he can't climb so well. So I think there are – we're going to see some of those young guys slotting into definitely definitely the Giro of Welter leadouts, yeah. outs uh, and maybe even the Tour.
0: Can I – say that i disagree with your view on the team that you mentioned about 10 minutes ago where you see the philipson side maybe deteriorating in 2024 when it comes to striking right every time versus Vanderpool being there in the top five in the top fives yes but if we look at the history of classic spiders and i mentioned this in the award show for example that the season of Vanderpool was really on the level of like born in 2005 kensh 2010 those kind of years and those riders had a hard time replicating that the following year. And I feel like Vanderpool will have a very hard time replicating the 2023 season, 2024, just based on the history of cycling that it's hard to replicate seasons like that. Because a lot has to go your way, not just when it comes to being at the level, but luck in races needs to be going your way. I don't know if is going to do RVV, which if he doesn't, that would make it easier to get an extra monument Outside of MSR and Roubaix. But I don't expect Vanderpool to have a better season in 2024. I think it's more likely that he has a slightly worse season in 2024 because 2023 was bloody on point. And I feel like I'm more trusted. Yeah. And I feel like I'm more trusted when it comes to Phillipson, where the team is really built for it and really has it on when it comes to leadouts. And I feel like other teams are just too far away in 2023 to make that step for me.
1: I'm just not. Con- I'm not convinced. Philipson is so much faster than everybody else, and so everything has to be. I think he has the best positioning. I think his fitness is really good. I think he takes risks. He also had the best lead out. I think. I think four. St- I think two stages is more likely next tour. To be honest. Um, maybe maybe less uh, we'll, we'll get to my hot takes in a second but yeah i see <laughs> i see maybe it's a hope in fact that the other sprinters will be they were in the giro and the world Vuel- the giro where someone uh, 10 different sprinters won a stage yeah but maybe in the tour i'm hoping for some more competitiveness And i, mean, I think 10 different sprinters won a, a sprint stage in the giro i swear
0: were there 10 sprint stage in the giro <laughs> the sprint stage of trichime de levadero
1: yeah davide right. won a sprint know against um, Vacek. <laughs> yeah, Trey Chimi, didn't you see? It was a it was a group coming into the final climb on the Queen stage. It's exhilarating stuff. That's why we have a welter parkour next year. And Pagacha said today that now nah, he's probably not going to go. So they designed a course for Pagacha and no high-calorie days for Thomas, just some TT. Anyway, we'll see the Giro next year. Um, <laughs> I can complain about it then. <laughs> hot takes, Benji. I yes. think it's really uh, mostly. This is why we start with Alperson because it's a nice little little layup to get us into the team previews because they signed some some out neo pros and they're going to do exactly the same schedule next year probably. We think um, with the Olympics at yeah. ab. What What's your hot takes for this team then? Honestly, Vanderpool
0: suffers from the split
1: focus.
2: Yes. I think
0: Vanderpool is going to complete a mountain bike race at the Olympics, which is a hot take. Sorry, but
1: yeah, him him.
0: completing a mountain bike race is, is like next level. The
1: Dutch Federation should pay for him to go there for like two weeks just to go little circles around the
0: course. <laughs> Check if there's like wooden boards there or not after yeah. the after the rocks. Anyway, jokes aside, <laughs> I, I do hope that he completes a bloody mountain bike race for once. But that's not really the hot take I'm looking for here. I think Hmm. I find it hard building hot takes for this team because I feel like it's so obvious what their focus is going to be that it's hard to really upset with something outside of saying that a rider won't do anything in 2024, which I don't even really want to say that is not going to win a sprint or Vanderpool won't win a monument because I don't believe in, in those things. So then I'm looking at riders that maybe join and thinking about what they could do, but I feel like they're going to gradually build into the team. So I'm also not feeling like Henry Uli Uli will suddenly win Henry Abelham in 2024,
2: so... Jasper Phillips in winning Roubaix, is that a hot take?
1: I think it's a pretty hot take. He wouldn't start as... Like, he wouldn't start as a favourite ahead of Van Bala, would he? I'm going with that, why not? That's hot enough. I'm going to say Van der Poel doesn't win a monument. Okay. Um... Now listen, he can still so win wait. a tour stage and the Olympics and world, does World Champs count? As <laughs> yeah, a monument? Yeah, that counts. I can't. So I, basically, I'm saying he has bad luck in MSR, doesn't win Fleurs of or Roubaix. He can still win <laughs> Worlds, Olympics, and tour stage. So he's still have a great season. But yeah, I think maybe you're right about the the bad luck. But yeah, he did in 2021, for example, he didn't win a monument. Um,
2: and he still had a pretty good year. Yeah. I'm trying to think. You look like you're thinking, man. I hear the cogs turning. You can't
1: say, like, they had a really good year and they won a lot of big races, and if they tick off... It's like saying, you know, you said Jumbo-Visma, oh, they win all three Grand Tours next year. Well, it is a hot take, but it's not. Like, it is. So, like, if I'm like, oh, yeah... But they won't. They won't. But yeah, because <laughs> yeah, and they won't. Um, well, mm, no, I don't think so. Hope not. Um, <laughs> I don't think people will be too happy. But I don't really know, Benji. Honestly, I was just I will kind of just do what they do,
0: mate. I force the hot take. You're gonna force one as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't win. A, they don't win a tour stage. That's, that's Fuck hot.
0: my life. What?
1: <laughs> they won't win a Tour de France stage.
0: That's a hot day. That's flaming hot. It's like, <laughs> I just jumped into a volcano hot.
1: Okay, I think what happens is what's going to happen, right? First sprint <laughs> stage. <laughs> they just all get DQ'd. They all simultaneously <laughs> go past Rasmus Tiller, who's doing a lead up for Virus Gold all the other way around. And and they, just all, they just all punch. Yeah, they just throw they got both hands in the sprint, punching people. Side by side, they all get really disqualified, so they can't win a tour stage. It wasn't far from I, happening.
0: I'm going to disagree with your view of that, because I believe Alperson, when it comes to Philipsen and Vanderpool, I don't think they're bad people in the race. I think they're reckless. And don't think about the consequences of like a swerve to the right, a swerve to the left, compared to their competitors, who might be more careful in the sprint, and as a consequence, maybe win less as well.
1: Generous, I think. I give him what we. was one stage, I might agree with you, but no. Nah. First week this year, ask Fabio Jakobsen what he thinks as well. So, yeah, think uh, we'll, they'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, the so UCR it's on the UCR to do something about it. But uh, yeah. that's how you win sprints as well. Listen, if you're looking for a good sprinter to lead out, and you're doing an assessment of them, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't say, "Hey." I Oh, they're really they're really timid. That's great. No, like yeah. you want someone who pushes the edge. On you know, that's the way the rules and the sport is designed. Um, and they're also fantastic in their in their role as well. But yeah, I think like you you forced a hot take out of me. that, that is the one. Uh, I I just I don't actually. I mean, yeah. In terms of uh, a rider, I see popping up to really perform and and take a next step up. Next year, uh, like sort of Groves really did this year, I would be looking at Lars Bova or um, what's his name Kielich. I think maybe yeah. Kielich could be really, really good in like a Shelter Price, the Flatter Classic. So also, I think those guys could immediately be in their top five riders.
0: I'd like to see Kielich ride the cobble stages, like the cobble races already, like yeah, the E Trees envelopes of the world, because I generally believe that the guy can. Get into the last phase of at
2: least Omelope. Two hundred fifty kilometers might be difficult, but I think so. You know, so young might move up. Yep, he's only twenty-two. Why not? That's it. Okay, who do you think we got to do a prediction as well?
1: Who do you think they keep that's out of contract?
2: Oh, I think Uh, out of the big guys, Phillipson stays. Okay. I think out of the big guys, eh? Yeah, out of Groves, Phillipson. Nah, I on a serious note, Phillipson
0: single them I would still keep as well. What's his age these days? He is 35. 34,
2: but you can add another you know, one-year contract to that for me. I think Goggle might be leaving. I
0: believe Conchi stays. Kroh Anderson, I, I think, stays. Groves, I'm not sure about. I feel like Groves, despite what he does, is somewhat replaceable.
1: Yeah, because you do not speak
0: you're Flemish. That's
1: how you guys operate. <laughs> <laughs> Philipson gets to stay. Who won more Grand Tour stages this year? Philipson or Groves? The
2: same? I think Philipson. Probably <laughs> Grand Tour stage is four and four. Oh really? Yeah.
1: Groves on you in one and the giro. For some reason I thought he won more.
0: Um see that's how you, you Australians operate. You invent but <laughs> Grand Tour <through> stage <laughs> wins yeah, for Australians.
1: Invent <laughs> statistics, yeah. Well, he won a TDU stage,
0: didn't
1: he? Well, Southland is a TD... four of
0: Grand Tour, not the Tour.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I think you're a uh, joke I think you're right in that you know if you're going to pay Phillipson is not really replaceable. Like who is like Phillipson right now in in the market yeah, or maybe next year? And what's but his there are guys Yeah, I, I know I know that but I'm saying for 2024 you're looking at Groves. You're probably thinking ah uh, what if a team comes with a crazy offer like uh, any or Jaco buys him back or or I don't know UAE the or Trek or whoever and you're thinking okay he's If we do what Quickstep used to, like Quickstep, when their second sprinter always performed, they didn't match his contract or even their first sprinter. They let him walk. Bennett, Gaviria, Viviani. And if you're matching that model, then you're right. That would suggest that if Groves gets a big offer, they're not going to match it because otherwise that really messes up the budget for other guys.
0: That's the same with Phillipson though, as in the step up in budget will be insane to the point that he'll need to keep it up. and. What is the lifespan of a sprinter in 2023? It's not. It's not five years. I feel like.
1: And do do the sponsors care enough? Because the sponsors, right? If Van der Poel comes to them when he's out of contract, probably never, right? And mm-hmm. Van der that the Rudolf said, the sponsors say hey, Van der Poel wants, you know, X million euros a year. The sponsors be like, pay him. Don't yeah. care, just pay him. Do they feel that way about Philipson? I, 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 I don't s- know.
0: Not, Not on the yet. same level, but maybe seventy
1: five percent there. Bro, I mean this house is speaking to me, making all sorts of noises in the background. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right that he's you know I think as a as a rule of thumb, you gotta have over four hundred K Instagram followers for that for that to happen. Don't you reckon that's a good acid test for it?
0: I don't think so, because I feel like it's about the engagement on social media that decides your will to contract.
1: Mm, you're right. Dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this fridge plug out. It, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I I actually, yeah, Dylan Groenewegen, for example, you know, he's got, I'm pretty sure there's there's something wrong with his engagement. I don't know if it's bots or what on his Instagram account. <laughs> he posts like a random photos, like 80,000 likes, clearly not like correct, but um. I think technology that tries to address and control you like fridges or microwaves, like one beep is sufficient, right? But why multiple times? Like I haven't heard you. I've heard you the first time and I've ignored you. Take that. Or I'm not here. Stop beeping.
0: The funniest thing would be that nobody on the podcast heard it because of noise cancellation, but your fridge has been beeping for the uh, last five minutes.
1: <laughs> so frustrating, oh no, I don't really care um i I'm gonna go with my Instagram theory of uh followers but i so you think Phillipson could walk
0: I don't think he will because I don't see who could replace him in the near future based on the market right now
1: but doesn't that mean he has more value to these deeper pocketed teams
2: yeah, but So you have got Pedersen. The deep pockets don't have a lead-out. So Ineos, for example, won't go for it because it doesn't doesn't work. The last
0: time I saw Ineos do a lead-out for a top sprinter was in 2012 or something.
1: That's Viviani Crow Race Erasure. Um,
0: (laughs) Top sprinter, I said.
1: Top paid sprinter. uae could get him back but then that doesn't really yeah benji said grant thomas for cavin uh luke said grant thomas for cavin the Giro, so there is <laughs> precedent for this so you're forgetting that um you're right though as i run through the teams i think it doesn't really make sense for the like Bora hansgrove got wellsford would they go for philipson that would they're the one that kind of would make sense to me actually but
0: if wellsford fails
1: yeah, but to sign Phillips, you have to be for twenty-four. You have to be negotiating with him now, before yeah, Wellsford even turns a pedal in anger for Bora.
0: They just did, said they didn't have the money to extend it after signing Roglic for no, X no, amount no. plus X amount of buyout money. They
1: didn't. They didn't say they didn't have the money
0: <laughs> to outbid UAE, maybe for that. They yeah,
1: said so they didn't. They didn't want to. They didn't want to give him the money.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, that's different. It. That's different. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah uh, for sure for sure Niels is a great writer but fuck he wasn't worth what they offered <laughs> that's why I was the interview <coughs> no disrespect to Niels but in the classics for the last three years he was shit Never us <laughs> he was better on Katusha
0: you sound very German right now
1: ah uh, for sure um <laughs> hello Ralph. <Rolf. laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I do those interviews are good so I, I do like when the general managers they just get so annoyed with like the agents or the offers that they get and they're just like, you, you I'm gonna I'm gonna stick you stick it sticky one in the press. Um I kinda <laughs> get it. But also for Paul, it's like yeah UAE need him. He has a valuable role as well. Yeah. And I think UAE deserves that money because they need a rider like that. But yeah, I did find that interview funny. Um okay. World tour wins Benji Luke has done some research. He said there were 163 world tour wins in twenty twenty three. World what tour stages, r- stages. Stages, rather. How many did Alperson win? They won 17, if my memory serves me correctly, in 2023. Uh, How many did they win in
2: 2024? 13. Oh, Oh, no, yeah. Okay, you're you're on with 13. I'm going with... Yeah, 12. I'm just gonna underbid you slightly. I think you're about Fuck, the right yeah. mark there, though. Well, no, no, it's
1: not over under anymore. It's oh. exact. We're, we've got to pick exact number for each team, and then our number has to add up each to 163 by the end of the teams. Uh, yes.
0: Oh, that's gonna be fun.
1: So if you do too many for each team, you'll get to like Ineos as the Yumbo as the last <laughs> preview, and you have to say Yumbo to wins zero World Tour races. <laughs>
0: For the number to add up. <laughs> that sounds fun. Someone should keep track of this, by the way.
1: Someone will, yeah, yeah. Someone. All right. That was our Alps and De preview. A little bit lighthearted. We did have a tech issue in the middle. Um, so that's why I also had to go on a tech rant at some point as well. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with, what, Team Jayco next, Benji? They just confirmed today their 2024 roster's
0: finished? I don't know. They're too Australian for me. Now, nah, on a serious note. <laughs> on a serious note I think, I think Jayco would be fun yeah we'll do jaco
1: i mean Ineos and ag 2r
0: still holding out on us um had oh, yumbo line. as well yumbo should they've got, we should wait with yumbo a few like a month and a half to keep people simmering
2: okay and then any <laughs> Ine- else yeah,
1: yeah, we got <laughs> else we got to wait as well but yeah hope you enjoyed this team preview let us know if you want if you like the segments Uh, And we can always change it up for the next ones if you have any ideas as well. But until the next one, ciao.